0: This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Ahoy, and welcome to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia, and I'm excited this week. Oh my god. It's not normally this early in an episode where the dogs start interrupting me, but like I can't stop them. But this week's guest is Ethan Fleming. We've been talking back and forth for a little while. I had to reschedule a few times on him. I'm so sorry because I had some like migraines and stuff going on. But it has finally worked out, and he is here today. Hello. How are you?
1: Hello. It's nice to be on here. And don't worry about rescheduling because it's a bit hectic with life and everything that's
0: That's
1: true
0: where where are you
1: in Uh, the world I'm in North Wales um I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Wales but I'm on the bit sticking out um on on a good day, I I can see Ireland from my house. So um, that's pretty cool. But today is not a good day. It's foggy, misty, and and windy and rain. So I think the summer's over here.
0: <laughs> I would. I'll trade you. It's been um, record breakingly hot here in Texas every day. I don't. I don't know Celsius very well. That's a lot. I don't know Celsius at, at all. But if you if you understand Fahrenheit, it's been over a hundred
1: okay. every day out
0: here. It's it's gross. It's just it's awful. So I would I would happily trade it for um, a rainy, misty Wales day. <laughs> it would hmm. be a nice change. Uh. So when I have people on the show, I always ask them the same first question because it's always, it's a a good intro question just to get things started. So I always ask everyone, what is their Titanic story? So Ivan, what is your Titanic story? How did you get brought into this?
1: Well, my interest in the Titanic started mainly with a film, Mm -hmm. but my interest in Ships generally began way before that. Mm -hmm. Because my (coughs) great-grandmother, yes, was a passenger on the Lusitania twice. Wow. Um, Because my um, great-grandfather went over to Wisconsin in... uh, Red Granite to work in the quarries and he um, he got interned in Ellis Island and he didn't want my grandmother to go through that so he saved up and worked for a year in Red Granite and paid uh, and sent money back Um, for my grandmother to sail second class on the Lusitania to join him Mm -hmm. and but unfortunately um, in 1911 they lost their first child out there to uh, something quite minor so when my great grandmother found out she was pregnant again with my grandfather she decided to come back to Wales um, to have the child with the premise of going back Mm -hmm. but obviously the war um, started and by the time the war ended my grandfather was too well too old to be relocated put it like that (laughs) That's fair.
0: That's cool. <clears throat> Excuse me, that you have a connection to a ship like that. I get, I don't, obviously the show being called Titanic Talkline, I talk a lot about the Titanic, Duh. Mm. but um, I did an episode a little while ago with Ted Fitch, Kent Layton, and it was Bill Wormstead, I believe. Was um or was it Tom Linsky? I don't remember. There was too many. There was a lot of people on that call, and I, I, it was the discussion of the Lusitania disaster because it gets overshadowed by you know things like Titanic. But it's interesting to hear. This is going to sound weird, but it's interesting to hear mundane stories of crossings, like your grandmother crossed Lusitania twice and nothing happened to her. It's it's cool to hear that kind of story where it's like I I was on this iconic thing. Uh but I'm I'm here.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um Bye. it was fine. Yes, and coming 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 at it from uh dual perspective, I think the war overshadowed the Lusitania, um because I've done a lot of research to the Lusitania side as well. Not that they um not that the Lusitania is irrelevant by any means to get swallowed up in the whole war um war losses <laughs> and the uh, Titanic was more of an end of an era type event, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I, th- they're just they're different events, you know. It's, I think there's this need sometimes for people to, um, like rank things almost, where you we have to put things in perspective by comparing them to other things. It's a natural human tendency, but I unfortunately think it gets a little dangerous sometimes because it starts you start reducing things down to numbers and that, you know, sort of thing where it's like, oh, well, this disaster was worse than the other one because more people died, et cetera, et cetera, which almost trivializes how individual experiences uh really contribute. I don't really think I know where I'm going with this statement, but I think where I'm I'm trying to go with this is that comparing things is not, is not good. And too many people do that, especially with things like shipwrecks like this, where you do have so much historical knowledge about, you know, the specific numbers. It's easy to just look at numbers and run a comparison. But like I said, I think that personally gets a little dangerous because it boils it down to um, a not human story at that point.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I agree with you. And, um, uh i've been i've been researching my own stuff um for about ten years now uh, a friend of mine um said that uh she wanted to fill a slot in a local museum um and they uh did a series of local talks. So she said, uh, oh, why why don't you come to us and talk about the Welsh connection with the Titanic and the Lusitania? And then I started off with the Titanic and um, uh, I thought, because of the film, that it's uh, relatively easy subject if you will, but I'm still at it ten years on and they're still <laughs> they're still mm. coming out of the woodwork somewhere. And it's honestly it's taken me to places I would never even imagine going.
0: I think that's an interesting point. It's really funny. You made me think of two things and I forgot the first one immediately in favor of the second one, but the second one <laughs> was going to be taking you places that you never thought. And, you know, it's been a little over a year since I started this show. And, you know, when I first started the show, I was living in Maryland. I talk very openly about it. I was living in a my a basement apartment in Maryland with just my dog And, you know, since then, I've gone to Tennessee, I've gone to Houston, I've gone to Vegas, specifically for Titanic-related things. I've gone back to Tennessee a couple more times. I've met new people. And it's fascinating how going into the past expands your interests and your network in that way.
1: Yes, um, it does. Because um, um, one interesting connection I found with the Titanic was um, there was an ab- able seaman on the Titanic called John Anderson. Okay. He was 40 years old on the Titanic and he lived he was originally from newcastle and then he he moved to southampton to um to board the titanic and i can hear you saying to me what does this have to do in any way with wales well <clears throat> um when the when he came back, he apparently lost all memory of who he was wow. and where where he was heading to, and he and he ended up in Cardiff. He got, and I f- I found this by chance in an old newspaper, and the um local constabulary in Cardiff arrested him and threw him into the poorhouse which was um, which was doubling up as a um, as an asylum not a very nice place to be and then he managed in nineteen he 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 got there in nineteen thirteen after being off the radar for quite some time mm-hmm. and then in nineteen fourteen he escaped and they found him well, I thought the end of the story was that they found him in uh the docks mm-hmm. and that he drowned. But when they took him back to the morgue, he he um apparently was alive. Oh. And um and I don't know quite how this happened, but um the uh Western Mail at the time um said that they did a dreadful error in pronouncing that he was dead. And that he was found swimming about. Um, (laughs) Oh, are you okay?
0: Uh, That's just so funny. It's like you're not dead. You just you're swimming around like a kid. Like what?
1: (laughs) Yes, and then um and then I this this person piqued my interest, and I got. Asking around to see if if I could find where he ended up, and he ended up eventually back in Southampton, but he was in a, in an asylum all his life, and and apparently he couldn't settle at night, so so that's why. Um, And I got interested to see how the humans, or you hear about losses, and the loss. But you don't hear about much of the suffering afterwards, except perhaps in... Light all his memoirs, where he says that he couldn't take cold baths. Mm-hmm. And apparent, um, I'm not surprised that he, um, John Anderson lost his memory, um, straight after the disaster. Um, so I've been chasing, um, stories like that about (sighs) really
0: I think those stories are important you know I I've been very fortunate to be able to talk to a variety of people who have pursued different stories um and some of them are um you know relatives excuse me of you know titanic survivors or their um Rel- 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 the relatives of titanic victims Sorry, i'm having a hard time with my words today i apologize um and it's i've learned about so many stories that i didn't know about you know everyone knows the big names you know we know aster we know ismay we know smith we know lightoller but not everyone knows anderson or paracchio or fleet you know no yeah, and there's so many more stories to the Titanic um, and to, all, to everything than we know about. I mean, I had heard the name John Anderson, but I would never really looked into his story. So it just just goes to show you that every individual person, every single one of those 2,200 people was a person and had a life, a whole life before and some of them after.
1: Mm-hmm. And. and- um excuse me. And I've this I've decided to um carry on what I'm doing, um researching it from a Welsh perspective if you if you like, because another problem you had um in in that period was that that everyone um identified as British on on board ships like that. And when um and the the Welsh on the Titanic are a very different sort well I think I tell a lie. Um oh, I think Harold you. <laughs> Harold Lowe, um identified as a Welsh British, but he didn't identify uniquely as Welsh. You know what I mean? I
0: I do, actually. and I don't understand the specifics of it, maybe, but I understand the sentiment of it. Mm. Um, Because, I mean, I'm sure the case is true in, in Britain, but there have been periods of time here in the United States where certain identities were more dangerous than others so for some it was safer to not to say for example if you could pass be like i'm not i'm not native i'm, I'm just i'm just white you know whatever the case may be for some people it was easier it was that is that the same thing or is this it was this was this very different um
1: well it's kind of the same but um but uh without warning with too many polit- political history. Aspects. I mean, explain it a bit. Um, I,
0: it's it's important, and I don't understand it. So, w- well,
1: um, <laughs> excuse me. The the Welsh people had had their own king back in twelve eighty two, and then the the Saxon king didn't like that very much so he chopped his head off and displayed and displayed it in the Tower of London and then and then um, decided that he would conquer Wales and ever ever since that period really um Welsh has been seen as a secondary language and culture up until quite recently really um but but it is it is getting it is getting better we have our own um, we have our own uh, Welsh assembly government now which is uh, devolved. Um, we're still part of the UK, obviously, but uh, we get our own, we get to to make our own decision, decisions. And um, uh, it's kind of the situation in Ireland, but we've kept the um, long uh we've kept the language and the culture alive rather than the than the sentiment they have in Ireland, if you know what I mean,
0: not really, but I feel like that maybe is a joke for not Americans
1: <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> i it's that- <laughs> So that's really interesting and I I wanted to learn about that because so a while ago I read the book and then I was really lucky I got to talk to Stephen beale and his book is called Jesus Down with the Old Canoe and it's less about the Titanic and more about the history of America and the UK at the time to help you understand how the disaster impacted everyone and it was really fascinating to read because number one, I I had a lot of knowledge gaps. I don't, I I really was not the best student of history when I was younger. Um, So to this day now, oh my God, I don't know if I've told the story on the show yet, but um, my dad was quizzing me. My dad's a professor. So growing up, I would have like extra homework and he would always just like throw questions at me at the dinner table. And I was having a particularly bad day. So I was getting frustrated. I think I was about 12 or so at this time. And I was getting annoyed with the questions and getting overwhelmed and getting frustrated and he throws at me what is the capital of England and that seems like a really obvious uh answer right but my brain short-circuited and I just yelled back instantly it's like Norway um so that's a joke now whenever uh I don't know where we're going I don't know what we're talking about they're like is it in Norway (laughs) but uh all that to say it's just when you understand the history around things it makes things make more sense Like if you understand that there was a coal strike around the time of Titanic things like the officers shuffling around and vacancies on the ship make a lot more sense
1: yeah yes and um, and uh, another another Welsh connection I found very interesting was and it's again, this person was never on the Titanic. but he was a, he was an amateur radio person on and he lived in the south of uh, Wales uh, in, a vill- in a village called Blackwood. And uh, he lived in a mill, and he was a. He had a mining accident when he was younger, and they had to amputate his leg, and that made made his interest in science a bit more, because he was an amateur cyclist. And then he decided I'm not having the fact that I've only got one leg stopped me from riding a bike. So he invented a bike for himself. So he was an he was an amateur inventor with and he dabbled in um in radiography. Anyway he That's was incredible. Si- sitting in his mm-hmm. mill late at, late at night and he heard Titanic's distress call, which is 3,000 miles away from where he was. So he cycled to the local con- um, constabulary on his uh, bike and then um, because he was a bit of an eccentric dabbling in all the all these inventions he was a bit like I'd imagine the uh, the character's pots of his day if you know about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang um, and then the police said, oh, yes, uh, just go back to bed and don't worry about it and just, it'll all be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. But then the the story obviously came through um, a few days later. And then he got a call from um Marconi himself to go and work for him in London. So <clears throat> so from every um tragedy uh, a good thing happens and um yeah. and his name was Artie Moore um and I've been to the mill where he, where he heard that this rascal, mm-hmm. switched my phone off, my mobile phone on. You can't get a signal there now. <laughs> and to think that in 1912, he heard something from 3,000 miles away was a bit, um, sobering, to be honest.
0: It's incredible uh sorry i didn't mean to croak like that i'm just i it, you hear these incredible stories of <clears throat> invention and technology and perseverance and determination and you know the looping it back to the titanic the famous story of um marconi operator phillips staying at his post until he'd passed trying to send out distress calls you hear these incredible stories of human nature you know a man who loses his leg but decides he's going to ride a bike and an amateur inventor who decides he's going to investigate a call from 3,000 miles away because he feels obligated to it's just that's these are incredible stories. Yes
1: yeah. yes and um, he was an incredible. He was an incredible man, by all accounts, but mm. um, <clears throat> because he was a bit quirky, like but like that, nobody, nobody believed him. And when when you think about what happened, who happened, who who would believe him, really? Because it was a new a new toy, if you will, and nobody nobody really knew the capabilities of the radio at at that time but it just it just proves that the that the radio capability of the Titanic was a lot further than they originally thought um and I'm very. And I'm very proud that Wales played a played a small uh, part in that, but uh, a part that nobody um, quite knows the story yet.
0: Well, I hope more people will know now. It, I mean, we found out these stories by telling them, which is yeah, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm a little disappointed that I, you know, it's always one of those things when I learn about something cool. It's like, why didn't I know about that before? Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's what this is for. It's for learning.
1: Yes, and um, oh, I've I've honestly found uh, a ton of um, amazing stories about both. I think and the Lusitania to be honest and uh, when I started researching um, the the Welsh connection to the Lusitania mm-hmm. I found that um there's uh, stories which are mostly carbon copies of of the stories on the Titanic um, for example uh, the story of um, Fifth Officer Law going back to help um, people mm-hmm. on the Titanic is mirrored by the third officer on the Lusitania who was also a Welshman mm. and uh he decided. Um, he was put in charge of releasing the lifeboat, and because the titan ty- uh, I'm mixing up my shit now. <laughs> uh, Me too. I do it all the time. <laughs> because the Lusitania sunk so quick, he was he was washed off um, in the middle of doing in the middle of doing his duty. Not not only um he decided that he would swim back onto onto the Lusitania to finish his job even even though the ship was going down and that and um that to me I I know these people are probably looking down at us now and going, "Why the hell do these people bother with with little old me?" But I think they're in, they're important stories to put out there because they, when you think about what they faced on both the ships, it's quite remarkable. Are they done
0: it's you mentioned earlier about um how we don't talk about certain stories and we don't acknowledge certain stories because they have a lot of like suffering included in them. <clears throat> I'm kind of it makes me happy that we're in a place now that we're we are able to amplify these stories because, as you said, they are important, and it is important to keep these memories alive i've brought up the movie have you seen the movie coco yes yeah i brought that up on the show a couple times because they talk about that concept of the second death um if anyone hasn't seen it and hasn't listened to the previous episodes um in the land of the dead the character of Hector explains to miguel that in the land of the dead there's something called the second death and that is when people in the land of the living um basically forget about you when no one's alive to tell your story. So, you know, the last person that remembers you in life is gone. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it helps prolong that sort of second death for people to continue to tell their stories.
1: Mm. Yes, and what Um, it this may uh, sound a bit crash to what you would you refer to as rivet's head rivet heads (laughs) but Ah. um but (laughs) without the people on the titanic you would you the titanic is pointless Mm -hmm. in my view agree even though, even though she's a nice thing to look at, without the people on, without the people on board, you wouldn't have a story. And what intrigues me is why they were on there and what, what were they doing and and did they get a better life? Um, and going back to my going back to my grandmother's situation, mm-hmm. um, they did have a better life in America financially because they they um, they managed to um, buy their house back here with um, with the money in their pocket, which was quite a uh, substantial wow. sum at the time. But when you, when you come to balance that with the loss they had of a loss of a child,
0: mm-hmm.
1: was, oh, do you know what I mean? Yes.
0: It's
1: It's never you get the you get the feeling the grass is always greener, mm-hmm. but it's never the it's never the case uh, in my view um and uh I completely forgot what I was gonna say no. fine. <laughs> but, but there we go um and um the the stories I found um in newspapers and uh and uh stuff like that are quite are quite remarkable and and when you when you see a picture of um of the people in print and you've never seen their face before, it sort of hits you. And if that person has died and you've never seen you've never and because I've I've been researching all day for a project I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um and I have, I have uh, found a picture of an Annie Williams from uh, Swansea, mm-hmm. and I've and she wasn't a she wasn't a remarkable woman, <laughs> like she was a granny on the Lusitania going going home to visit the. Fa- to visit her family in Swansea and she and she perished and they published a picture of her in the newspaper and even though I've I've got no um blood relation to this woman seeing her <laughs> with her little spectacles and <laughs> Uh, like your typical wartime granny, if you will, sort of hit you, <laughs> and I don't know and I don't know why, and I don't know why that um got me a bit
0: <laughs> no, I understand when I went to the um titanic exhibit in las vegas one of my favorite things there was this little like tea cup but it looks like something that i could buy in a shop today it's white has painted flowers on it it looks like something that you'd find in like some trendy art market when you're out after brunch or something and it you know you look at it and think like who who bought that who owned that that wasn't white star line that belonged to a human being whose yeah. was that who were you where were you go- why were you on here and you know it 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 leads all these almost childlike questions where it's like why what were you doing why did you buy that where did it co- well what are you doing why are you going to america are you gonna get married you have a job you, you know it, it, it they're these innocent questions but this it, one little thing can trigger all of that curiosity mm.
1: yeah. and it's and it's a microcosm of of a society within um eight hundred and eighty two feet of steel, if you boil it down to um, if you boil it down to the to the essentials of the story and and that's what that's what to me is very is very interesting. Um yes. And uh I think um James Cameron's uh ninety seven movie has helped um to breathe new li- life into the Into the Titanic disaster, if you, um, because when I was growing up, and, um, believe because of my family connection, um, it wasn't cool or trendy to look into this sort of history, but I think it's. Absolutely fascinating, and you never know where you're gonna end up um, with uh, with any sort of question um, you may have about the Titanic. You and you think you know the answer, but you never do.
0: True, you never do.
1: No. <laughs> Which You're... is a awkward and annoying sometimes.
0: I mean, I guess, but I think that's also one of the great, not great, but like one of the big challenges of looking into anything to do with the past is that there's so many different mysteries that you will never, ever be able to solve because who knows?
1: Mm. Everything is so yeah. far away. Mm. And um uh yeah, so that's that's my um Titanic interest and uh I'm still plugging away at my the well, I call it my little corner of research, but it's there for everyone to find if they want to. But uh a... I've to to do it now.
0: Yeah. What are you currently working on? You said you're working on a different project.
1: Um. Well, I'm. Um. i recently. Um. Put a request in to do a PhD mm-hmm. on, on. Um, the the Welsh connections, specifically to the Lusitania, because I I think I think that area or that area is under researched, and especially mm-hmm. with the lack of um, Welsh material uh, regarding the so I'm waiting to hear um, what's becoming of that. But I've decided that I'm gonna do the research anyway. Why not? And it, it was just <clears throat> it was just a medium for me to um, get to get. Uh, my all my papers in order mm-hmm. because I think it's a great shame that what I have is locked up in a drawer somewhere, and I don't really quite know what to do with it. So, I'm hoping that if I do, if I get accepted on this thing, that it'll become more structured
0: i really hope that happens for you when when uh when will you find out that's the question i'm trying to ask when will you find out
1: uh, well i have put a request in to start next january wow so i'm hoping before next January
0: (laughs) (laughs) well fingers crossed man I hope that works out that would be that would be amazing I would love to see what you could do if you got you know you're able to put all that together um I know that there's a lot of structure involved with PhD programs so sometimes that's good when you're trying to like get something done
1: (laughs) yes yes because um Ma uh it started off with Mum saying you've got too many ship papers. Do something with yeah. them. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's just I,
0: I think that your uh your current uh your current strategy of putting them in a drawer and locking the drawer is a is a great strategy for the meantime
1: <laughs> Yes. But not not that I want to keep things to myself. You know, it's just um it's just I want to share that with people, but um I'll uh, share one story. Um yeah. where I got my fingers a bit burnt, to be honest. Uh, again, um, going back to the Lusitania, I um, found out there was a person on the Lusitania. Nobody knows his name. Mm-hmm. And he was buried in a plot in Cardiff because his body was brought back to Barry, uh, the Bar, um, to B- Barry Docks south of Cardiff, and because nobody um well, it was one of two bodies recovered, and one got recovered because she was a first class passenger and they could identify her from her diamonds. And ironically when um she was shipped uh not shipped um she was transported back to America, that ship got to- torpedoed too, so she got torpedoed twice <laughs> um I don't think but, you
0: should ever go near the water again if that happens. I think that that's just the universe telling you stay on dry land. I'm not saying that for everyone, but if you get torpedoed twice, I just don't think you should leave a continent. You should just pick one and stay.
1: No. And um, <laughs> I found I found out where this unknown sailor was buried. And uh, uh <laughs> The person in the cemetery thought I must have thought I was nuts because uh he was on the computer and said, um, have you got a name? No. <laughs> well, um well, how can I help you? And well I need to find where where this body is buried is here somewhere. And it was a huge, huge cemetery. So um well unless you've got anything concrete I can help you. So I went back to my uh the um schedule the um released with the last passenger list and I got a date of burial and uh, I said to him, "Can you can you do something with the date of burial?" Mm-hmm. So he went to the computer and said, "Well, there's a Mister, and his name was Mister Ew No." <laughs> All right. They, yeah, <laughs> and they and they found the pot, and there was no gravestone on it. And then um uh I uh got, I petitioned the local council to get a grave on to get a stone on the grave, sorry. And uh by now um the gravestones there, but um they didn't they didn't involve me with anything so like the unveiling of the grave or anything, even though I, even though I told them I'd like to, I'd like to be there because, uh, because, um, because without not being selfish, without me, they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't have known he was there.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that even if they're being like that, I'm sure they were grateful for the uh, for the tip.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well, but, oh, th- the, but the most important thing that there's a stone on the grave now and, exactly. uh, and if, I don't know if you if we would like to see some artifacts I've got from my grandmother. Um, well, my great grandmother, um, sure, which was on the Titanic, uh, on the Lusitania. Lusitania. Mixing up my ships again.
0: That's okay.
1: <laughs> the Titanic's
0: uh, only hundred feet longer than the Lusitania.
1: Yes, this is um, her rolling, her rolling pin, Which wow. she carried... Which she carried with her from from her house in the village I live in. She to took Red her baking
0: Valley. seriously, then.
1: Yes, and back <laughs> and um and I've uh, got a little souvenir she bought on board. I don't know if you can. See that.
0: See if, uh uh i I'm gonna ask um Yvonne to send me photos, but it's a very cute little China plate with it looks like China lace on the outside. On the inside is a painted picture of the Lusitania. It's very nice.
1: Yes. So it's in my um it's in my uh tap in it now in the lock and key again. Um and honestly, my house is like a museum. So, uh,
0: that's really incredible. And I think that with you is the best place for them to be. They're 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 in your they're your family's history.
1: So I'll send I'll send you a picture of both of, of both of those. That would be you, amazing. See if I can.
0: That would be awesome. I'm sure everyone would like to see those. And I want to thank you for your time and for telling your story and helping to tell so many other people's stories, Yifan. Thank you so much for your time today and for your patience in, in my life being a mess.
1: <laughs> it's okay. And uh, thank you very much. And keep up the good work with the podcast.
0: Well, thank you. I, I'll try. Cool. <laughs> Titanic Talkline was created and produced by me, Alexia. Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word Titanic Talkline, T I T A N I C T A L K L I N E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at Titanic Talkline again, all one word at gmail.com. That's Titanictalkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!